0: All right, so I got a couple quotes uh, to start out here, maybe. You can tell I'm not used to doing it up here. All right, there we go. All right, so I got two quotes I want to start out by uh, giving you guys, and the first one is by, by Paul Ryan. It says, every successful individual knows that his or her achievement depends on a community of persons working together, okay? The second one is a very similar quote. It says, teamwork is the ability to work together towards a common vision, the ability to to direct individual accomplishment towards organizational objectives. It is a fuel that allows common people to attain uncommon things. And as we look at this pastor today, Luke, he's he's talking about the early church and he's talking about how they worked as a team, essentially. And we all know that if we don't work as a team, then we can't attain our goals or we can't attain them as well. Um, you know, that's what my sports coach has always told me. You know, like, there's no I in team. And I told him there's a me in team, but there's no I. Uh, but I wasn't, no, I didn't say that because I wasn't good enough in any sports to say that. But as a church, nah, there's your opportunity. As a church, um, we got to work as a team, okay? And God, Jesus Christ has actually given us goals. Uh, he's given us objectives, okay? Go make disciples, things like that. And as we, we try and do that, if we try and do that on our own, you know, it doesn't work. And we know that here. We have a purpose plan and process, right, where we, uh, we're going to make disciples. We're going to do it by training and evangelizing. We're going to gather and scatter. and We got all that. But today, we're going to look at how the early church specifically um, fellowship together in order to meet those goals. Okay? And I think that we can look at that and we can emulate it as a body, as a local body. Um, I think it's really important. So speaking of sports, this is my senior year of high school. You can't really see me wherever well, but I'm number 23, okay? I played basketball. I wasn't that good because I'm short um, for a basketball player, uh, but my senior year, okay, we had all the good guys graduate out of our class, okay? So, we were expected to do very poorly in, in our basketball uh, year, just throughout the year. We were, we were the invasion, okay? And so, um, as we started the year, we had three games and we won all three right in a row. Bam, bam, bam. And so it was like, man, we're gonna have a great season. And then something happened, and our team kind of split a little bit. We had a little uh, friction, if you will, within the team. Um, we stopped playing as a team, and we went 11 games straight losing. Lose, 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 lose. 11 games straight. Now we we played like uh, almost 30 games a season. So we're like almost halfway through, not quite halfway through our season and it was bad, okay, and 12th game out of that stretch, uh, we were losing, we were down a lot, and it gets to about the fourth quarter, and something clicked, and we started playing as a team, and as we started playing as a team, we came back, and we won that game, and we went on to win the next like 18 games, however many games to finish out the season, we won them all, and so we had a really good season, Then we went on, we won state, we went on and won, and we got to nationals, and as we got to nationals, um, you have to play, you have to be good enough to get into certain bracket and nationals. And when we got there, we had to play a team. We had to win that team, beat that team to get to play in the top 16 teams, basically the top tournament at nationals. And we won that game and we went on to get 13th. So it's not like the best Cinderella story ever, but for us, for how small we were and how really bad of a team we really were, 13th in the nation was really good. In fact, it was the best that... Uh, the invasion had ever done, right? And that was all due to teamwork, okay? Because we weren't that good. I was a tall kid on our team, and I'm 5'10", okay? So, we weren't beating them with uh, athleticism, okay? We were beating them with teamwork, okay? The same thing goes for our body, our church, the local SBC, um, and the church in general, okay? If we want to be effective, at ministry, not within the local body only, but effective in ministry around us, effective in spreading the message of Christ, effective in everything that we do. We have to work as a team. Okay, and as um, Luke gets going right here, he's just talked about Peter. He said, hey, Peter, you know, you guys know the Acts chapter 2, but the day of Pentecost comes, Peter gives this great sermon. 3,000 people are saved, and then Luke says, and here's what they started doing. And really, this whole section, 42 to 47, is talking about unity. It really is. It's, it's, uh, we're going to look at four four ways with that they were unified, but it's really all talking about unity. And it says, as you start right there in verse 42, it says, they were continually devoted, or they were continually devoting themselves. They were continually devoting us. This, this Greek word, I looked it up in, like, you know, Strong's and all, all these uh, definitions and stuff, and... Um. really what this word means or has an idea of is continually being steadfast in something or like kind of like it's kind of like persevering in something or like keeping on doing something all the time okay and so this that's an important definition to remember um, for us because when we look at these things these aren't just things sometimes we apply this and we look at these things and we're like hey these are the four things that we do on Sunday morning it's like hey we got to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Those are the four things we do on Sunday morning. But when you look at Luke and what he's saying about the early church, and you look at that Greek word, it's like, okay, if you're doing that once a week, that's not being continually devoted. That's not being continually steadfast in something. There's no way. He's talking about a culture of the church. He's talking about who they were and how they were towards each other all the time. Okay, and so we're going to look at four things. Like I said, you guys all know them. Most of you guys probably have this verse memorized. We're going to look at these four things that they were continually steadfast in. We're going to see how we should be that as well. And then as we go to our grow groups, let's, we're going to talk about, hopefully you guys are going to talk about, you know, who, who are we to be continually steadfast with these things in? How are we going to do that together? How can we do that better? And we'll look at those things. So the first thing we're going to look at, though, is the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching, it's right there in Verse 42. And by the way, uh, Luke, this verse 42 is an outline, and the following verses actually explain what he's talking about. So if you look at verse 42, it says they were uh, continually devoting themselves to, number one, the apostles' teaching. Then he explains it in verse 43. What is the apostles' teaching? He explains what it is. Look at it. He says, Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Well, how is that explaining the apostles' teaching? It's because when he... When Luke is saying they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, he wasn't saying that they were devoted to a person. Okay, and Brian actually mentioned this earlier, but lots of people are devoted to a specific person. Like, like let's say Catholics, right? At who are they devoted to? The Pope, right? Or Protestants, early church fathers, Calvin, Calvin's writings maybe, or, or Luther's right, or whatever. Um, what about even progressive Christians? They are devoted to the preacher that they think sounds the best. okay. And for us, um, I mean, I'm thankful that our church is biblically based and we always go back to the Bible. But even for us, we can sometimes be devoted to a person. You guys can be devoted to me or Brian or JB or your grow group teacher or whoever it is. And you can be like, I'm going to take their word for it. Okay, and when he's saying that this early church is devoted to the apostles' teaching. Okay? He's not saying they were devoted to Peter. He's saying that they were devoted to the authority behind Peter, which was Jesus Christ. Okay? And we know that um, based on this text, but also look at this. This is, this is Paul. Okay? He's an apostle. And when he says we here, I think he's talking we apostles. But look what he says. He says, this is Galatians, but even if we, the apostles, or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what? We have preached to you, he should be a curse. As we have said before, and so I say again, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be a curse. What is Paul saying? He's saying, hey, you're not to be devoted to me. You're not to be devoted to Peter. What happened when Peter uh, said the wrong thing? Paul went and confronted him, right? So he like, don't be devoted to the person. Be devoted to the authority of the word of God. Okay, and we all know this. We all know this. All of you guys know this. Okay, we got to remember it. But we also need to be devoted to this together. Okay, we need to be devoted to this together. So what does that look like and what does that mean for us? Uh, for me, for you guys, I think that not only do we need to hold each other accountable when we're teaching God's Word and we're, we're, when we're looking at God's Word, when we're uh, listening to God's Word, but I think that this also, because it's being continually steadfast, I think that we should be doing this outside of church, okay? I, I don't think that, and we should be doing it together, okay? I don't think that church is the only place that we should be digging into the Word of God, um, and I don't think that the only place is church and on our own in our quiet time throughout the week. I think that as, you know, as Luke is saying here, all of us should be together doing this, meaning that Throughout the week, we are devoted to the Scripture, devoted to the Word of God, which means when we're, being, uh, when we're getting together, which we should be, and we'll see that later on, when we're getting together outside of church, then we should be talking about the Word of God, and we should be sharpening one another um, using the Word of God, and we should be talking about how we can apply the Word of God, okay? Because we're devoted, we're continually steadfast in the authority of the Scripture, Okay, when he says the apostle teaching, that's what he means, the authority of Scripture. We have the Scripture, they have the apostles. Okay? And so we need to be devoted, continually devoted to that. Okay? We're going to move on to the next point. I'm going to try and go pretty quickly through all these so that way we can get to our girl group. second one is fellowship. I really like this one. Um, this one's really interesting because we, you have to define fellowship here. Okay? Because if we look at the Greek word, which I, got, I have it up here on the screen. Um, if you have one of those, like, Bibles where you can look at it, you can actually click on the word and look at the Greek word, and th- this is what it is, and it means partnership or participation, okay? Partnership or participation. Why is, why is this important? Well, first off, in several other places in the Scripture, it's used in different ways. Like 2 Corinthians 8, 4, it's translated participation, and it's participation in giving, okay? In Romans 15, 26, it's uh, translated contribution, which is also talking about giving, Okay? And then, if you look at this passage, Acts chapter 2, like I said, 42 is an outline. So Luke actually explains what this fellowship is if you look at verse 44 and 45. So he says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And then, after he talks about the apostles' teaching and the authority by the signs and wonders that the apostles were doing, then he talks in 44 and 45 about what fellowship he's talking about. He says, all those who believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling the property and possessions, and they are sharing them with all in anyone that might have a need. Okay, so basically what's going on here in the early churches, everybody's giving so much so that nobody even has needs. And who are they giving to? Their local body. They're helping each other out. Okay, great example of this um, is what we're doing, what you know, Tammy and Brandy and that grow group is doing uh, for Adam Hall, right? We're sharing with him in a need, right? And that's perfect. That's exactly what we should be doing. Exactly. Okay. But I want to challenge you guys and challenge us, okay, as we think about this and as we look at this, do we know when everybody's in need? Like there's some big needs that we always know and we always see. But do you know the people in the church well enough, or at least some of the people, because we're not going to know all, you know, 400 people in the church, but do you know some of the people in the church well enough that you know when they have a need? Like, are you, are you fellowshipping with people enough to where you're like, hey, I know this guy has a need and I'm going to meet it, okay? Because honestly, a lot of people, myself included, right, there's a lot of people like in here, I wouldn't even know if you had a need right? And that's not right. These people knew who had needs. They were selling their stuff um, and and providing for other people within the church so that nobody even had a need. And they knew that those needs were there. It wasn't like one person was isolated over here by themselves, not getting what they needed, okay? And not willing to accept help, okay? Because everybody knew because they were so close with one another, okay? And this isn't, um, so this isn't like equality either, okay? It's not like Peter's like, hey, I'm going to be the Pope, and I am going to decide which of you should be rich and which of you should be poor, and I'm going to distribute your funds in that way. Okay, That's not what it was. It was, it was a love that these guys have for each other, so much so that I'm over here, and I see Joe, and I'm like, man, Joe, Joe needs a car. I can, I can provide him a car. I'm going, to, I'm going to get him a car. And somebody else is like, man, this guy needs, this guy needs a meal. He's, he's, not, you know, he's out of work. I need to go help this guy. And it's, and it's just this closeness and this bonding between a group of people, the early church, that I think we should have and we don't. Okay? And, and we do to, to some extent, right? But, I mean, I think I can get better at it. Um, and I think we can get better at it as a whole. And we should get to know each other to a point where, hey, I'm going to meet these needs of these people that I know. And we can do that in this local body. In fact, that's what this local body is for. Right? And so... When, he, when Luke says, hey, they were continually steadfast in fellowship, what he means is they are continually steadfast in partnering with one another on everything. You know, Joe needs this. We can see that. So guess what? He's not going to need that anymore because we are a family, right? We're a body. We're one, okay? And that's what he's talking about when he says fellowship here. Okay, so they were devoted to the apostles' teaching together, always continually devoting themselves to the authority of God's word. They were always continually devoting themselves to partnering with one another. Third thing is breaking of bread. I like this one as well. Okay, look at it in verse 42. He says, continually devoting themselves to apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread. Now this one goes to verse 46. So he says breaking of bread, then he explains what breaking of bread is. Verse forty six, he says, "Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart." So there's there's actually a lot that goes into this one. Okay, there's a lot that goes into this one. If you read commentaries, that um, you know, a lot of times they'll just say, "Hey, this is communion." You know, be devoted to communion, and that's true. A part of this is communion, right? Because they were um, they were taking bread where they were breaking bread from house to house. That's talking about communion, okay? So they're continually remembering what Christ had done together in their homes, okay? But then what else does it say? It says that they took meals together, okay? And there's, uh, there's not very many things that bond us like eating together does, right? Probably because we most all of us love food. But we really love eating together. When we eat together, it really it draws us closer to one another, okay? And that's what these people were doing. Okay, now back then, okay, communion uh, wasn't, you know, the little little grape juice thing and a little styrofoam piece, right? It was um, it was like a whole meal, right? And, and I love that we do That's good that we do all that, right? Um, and ours is different, and there's a reason ours is different, uh, which we're not going to talk about. But there's a reason ours is like that. But um, they had a meal every time they had communion. Okay, we know like 1 Corinthians, right, they got in trouble because... They were all getting drunk and everything because, you know, they were all eating before other people and they had this big feast. Um, and Paul doesn't tell them not to eat, eat at all, but he does tell them to eat in a respectful way. But anyway, I say that because this all goes together for them. Okay, this all goes together. The eating, the communion, uh, meeting in each other's house and meeting in the temple, by the way, uh, which again signifies the point earlier that it's not just one time a week at church. It's throughout the week at houses and in the temple. Um, but this is, a, this is a thing, a communion, a meal together. For us, it's a little bit different. Okay? We can take communion in each other's houses still. Can we not? Yeah, we can. Okay, but also, well, we can eat with one another. And we can do it on two separate things. We can do it together. Uh, but either way, these people were continually devoted to remembering who Christ was together together. Okay? And part of the way that they did that was eating together in that fellowship. Um, and we need to be devoted to that too. Think about Deuteronomy chapter 6. I love Deuteronomy chapter 6, but it talks about, you know, as Moses talking to the people of Israel, he's talking about how they need to remember basically what has happened in their past. And um, he, he says, you know, write it on your foreheads. Write it on your door frames. Remember it when you wake up. Remember it when you sit down. Remember it when you're walking around. And he talks about how, they, how much they should remember that. Um, and that should be us as well, and that should be us as a body. So, when we get together, you know, and I'm not saying when we get together, all we have to do is talk about the Bible, right? Obviously, okay? But when we get together, is there biblical fellowship? Are we talking about the Bible? Are there times when we get together just for that? Are there times when we get together just to pray, which we'll see in a second, together? Or when we get together, do we just get together to play cornhole, okay? I love playing cornhole, and I love getting together to play cornhole. Um, But, Hopefully, that's not the only time I get together with people, and that's not the only reason I get together with people or have people over or whatever. Okay? Um, Does that make sense? Okay? When when he's talking about breaking of bread, there's a fellowship aspect there where they're together all the time um, remembering what Christ has done in their life. Okay? All right. The last one. Okay? The last one is prayer. Okay? When we look at prayer, it's at the very end of verse 42. It says, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Um, some, the ESV says, and to the prayer. Um, and I was looking that up, and really, the only reason it says that is because the very literal translation is the prayer of God, but it means praying to God, okay, praying to God. So when it says the prayer, what are we talking about? We know that uh, prayer means worship, okay, and talking to God, right? That's what it is, and so that's what he's talking about, and he explains that in verse 47 very briefly. Look at verse 47, he says, praising God and having favor with all people. So they were praising God together. We do this uh, in church, right? Worship songs, praying, and all that. But again, if we worship God with with three songs on Sunday, do you think that we would define that as being continually steadfast in worshiping God together? I mean, I don't. I don't know if you do, but I don't. And do you think that listening to worship music in the car by yourself and church, then that makes you continually steadfast in worshiping God? Probably not. When we look at this, I think that we need to really look at our lives and say, hey, are we continually steadfast, continually devoted to praying with one another? Continually devoted to praying with one another. Okay, so do we get together in each other's homes and pray and, um, and we do a lot of this stuff, and a lot of us are really good at it. Um, a lot of you guys are really good at it. But it's a great reminder that continually devoted, continually steadfast is a very strong, strong word. And I think we can all do better at this. And I just have this verse up here as well because I, I love this verse. I've been meditating on this verse a lot lately. But this word devote right here in Colossians 4, two is the same word as uh, continually devoted in Acts. So he's saying the exact same thing. Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer. Okay, devote yourselves to prayer. We are to be devoted to prayer. And that doesn't just mean being devoted to prayer on our own, in our own closet. Which is, we need to do that, right? Matthew chapter 6. Okay, don't pray for the praise of other people. he says, what you do in secret, your Father will reward you in secret. Okay, so we are to be praying on our own. Okay, but in Acts 2.42, okay, this church is continually steadfast in praying together and praising God together. So how often do we do that? How often do we do that? Okay, so what? I always I was like to ask the question, so what? Uh, there's an old uh, preacher. I don't even know if he's old. I can't even remember. But uh, he's probably old now. But uh, he used to have his congregation. He used to have his congregation after the end of every sermon yell out, so what? So that way he'd always make sure that there's application. Uh, so I put that at the top of my slide sometimes. But so what? Uh, so if the early church was continually steadfast in these areas, shouldn't we be? That's the question. Okay, Because maybe we shouldn't be. Okay, I think we should be. Uh, but And if we should be, are we doing that? If the other church was bonded to one another in this way, if they had this much cohesiveness to where no one was in need, to where they were always in each other's homes... Praising God, taking communion, remembering Christ, uh, devoted to the apostles. If they have that, should we have that? Should we be that way? That's the question that we that we have to answer. Okay, and I, I got a a quick impact or application for you guys before we go into or break off into our groups. Um, it's just get involved in each other's lives and slow down to make time for people. Okay, because so that's the bottom line here for us. I think, especially in our culture, like we. We're on such a fast-paced um, race, if you will, right? And, like, I have two kids, right? So I'm, like, running around like a crazy chicken all the time, okay? So sometimes it's hard to slow down and make time for people and actually invest in people's lives and get to know people. And some ways that we can do that is, like, it's as simple as talking to somebody, okay, within the body. Maybe you don't know them or maybe I don't know them, And I'm horrible at that. I hate going up to new people and talking to them, okay? I do, admittedly, okay, eating with each other, hospitality, you know, Brian talked about hospitality a little bit, but, you know, eating together, meeting in each other's homes, that's important, okay, do we meet with each other, do we hang out with each other, or do you hang out mostly with people that aren't in the body, okay, there's a there's a place for that, we need to do that, right, um, and hopefully your grow group will talk about that a little bit, you know, who should we be meeting with, who should we be eating with, uh, but we need to be eating with each other, you know, in the body, Uh, You could be intentionally meeting or talking with people about Scripture. We do this all the time. We do a good job of this. A lot of people do. Um, But keep thinking about it. Is there times that you intentionally meet to talk with people and to sharpen yourself? And along with that, do we meet with people that are going to sharpen us? Or do we meet with people that we know are just going to yes and agree with us all the time? Because there's a big difference there too. Like, you know, sometimes... If you have a meeting with somebody, you know, the first year or whatever, it's like you're sharpening one, each, one another, you're growing, and then about after a year or so, you're like, you kind of stop growing because you guys have sharpened each other in the same way for so long. So are you meeting with people that are actually sharpening you, actually like challenging you and stuff? Um, that's a good question. Uh, having special time of prayer with other believers, other people in the church. Do we do that? How often do we do that? I mean, we're doing that tonight, right? So That's perfect. It's a perfect opportunity to come do that tonight. Um, so the early church was continually steadfast with one another and these things. Uh, that's what this entire passage, really, 41 or 42 through 47 is about. It's about their unity um, and how they fellowship together and the things that they did together and how they encourage and sharpen one another. So for us, do we do that? How do we do that? Who should we do that with? Okay, okay. Um, these are some good questions that we need to go, I think, in the Grow Groups and, and ask ourselves, you know, who should we be doing that with? Should we be reaching out to any more people? Are there any people that we need to try and include in this? Um, does this include our body only? Or the body, the communities around us? Does this include missions? The, the universal body? How does it include that? What does that include? What does that entail? These are some things that um, hopefully your Grow Group leaders are going to talk about. Um, so for us today, right now, Other than that, let's try and get to know people. Let's try and actually invest in people. And that way we can have biblical fellowship and really be devoted, steadfast, continually steadfast in these areas.